Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Gypsy was in a wheelchair. She had leukemia. She was having seizures and she had to be tube fed. And then gradually that story fell apart. Things are not always as they appear. How do you kill your own mother? This is a tragic event surrounded by mystery and public deception. People thought of us as the sweetest mother, daughter, best people in the world. today it's been a diva down december but we're rounding out the end of the month and the end of the year on a high note if i do say so myself you guys already know that our girl gypsy rose blanchard has been issued an early release from her 10-year prison sentence um in connection with the second degree murder charge she got for um um listen Things happened, okay? Um, we're going to get into that in a second by talking about the 2017, you can find this on Max documentary, Mommy Dead and Dearest, and I'm just going to go off rip, trigger warning for sexual assault, violence, death, murder, all those types of things. Um, but yeah, Gypsy, Rose, we, we celebrate you over here at everyone's business but mine and um I've never you guys know that I'm like a big documentary head I never talked about this documentary and so I felt like what better time to take a look back 
at Mommy Dead Dearest, shall we? We start the episode, and the, rather the documentary. It begins on June 15th, 2015. We're setting the scene, okay? We're at the Waukesha, Wisconsin County Sheriff's Office. It's 1040 p.m. Gypsy Rose Blanchard is sitting on a couch, looking around the room. She's got a buzz cut that's growing in just a little bit and a gray vintage, what appears to be Mickey Mouse t-shirt. She's 19 years old and has just been brought in for questioning regarding the death of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Detective Hancock, one of our main girlies in Mommy, Dead, and Dearest, is telling Gypsy, you need to be honest with me, okay? Like, if there's anything you need to tell me, now is the time to be honest. And he says, your mom's dead. Your mom passed away, okay? And what I want to ask you is if you have any involvement in this. Now, Gypsy, as soon as she hears that her mom passed away, starts shaking her head no. Like, I don't know what happened at all. What are you talking about? And Detective Hancock says, you know what happened to your mom, okay? And, and so do I. So let's just, like, get into what it is that you know. So she says, why would you think it was me? Like, my mom and I are best friends. And he tells her, Gypsy, please don't dig a hole for yourself okay and gypsy says i love my mom and he says i know you do but why did you hurt her did you kill your mom and she says no sir and then he asks, did you help nicholas kill your mom and then this immediately cuts us to six years earlier dd's Dee on stage with gypsy gypsy's in a wheelchair with a big white bow in her hair a blue dress with a smock on it like it's giving Duggar. She's singing Alabama's Angels Among Us at a benefit for the American Cancer Society. And then Dee Dee says, after Gypsy does her number, I was born to be your mama. So this brings us to a 48-year-old Dee Dee who was found dead in her home in Springfield, Missouri, and a 19-year-old Gypsy is missing. Gypsy and Dee Dee had moved to Missouri after being survivors um, in Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana. The community was under the impression that Gypsy Rose had leukemia. She suffered from seizures, among many other things. So the community really rallied around Gypsy and Dee Dee and really helped them and were like a present part of their lives. Gypsy would all, like there's a bunch of found footage where she's talking about like, angels and how there are angels really to quote Alabama there are angels among us always helping them and like this is like a life a fairy tale life for her so then we get to the Facebook post that Gypsy posted from her account June 14th 2015 the first one there are two posts says the bitch is dead and then the second one this gets graphic you guys admits to quote um, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. The screams were so fucking loud. LOL. After that, we go to a press conference where the detective says that the truth is not always as it appears to be. Cut to Gypsy's boyfriend, Nicholas, admitting to a detective during an interrogation to stabbing her mother, Dee Dee. Nicholas says that the only reason why he did it was for them. For the both of them. He never, ever would have done that if it had just been himself. And then Gypsy says in her interrogation that Nicholas would do anything for her and to be with her. We cut back to that press conference where the detective's talking. He's mentioning it all. About how um, Gypsy is not only wheelchair, not wheelchair bound. 
as everybody thinks. She can walk very well, as a matter of fact. Then we go to June 16th, two days after the, the murders. Gypsy's at her arraignment. And she's like, you know, talking about how, or they're rather telling the story of how this all unfolded, how she arranged with her boyfriend to stab her mother in order to be with her boyfriend, and how the penalty for that should be death or at the very least life in prison. Of course, everybody sees that footage of Gypsy Rose walking into the courtroom and out of the courtroom, and they're all shocked, right? We see this neighbor named David asking the detective, can she walk? And when the detective says yes, he goes, oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. We go back to that press conference, right? Where the detective is saying that they really don't know much about Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee. They don't know much about the family. But there seems to be a long history of financial fraud over several years that Dee Dee and Gypsy had received trips to Disney World, a free home, medical care, all under the guise of Gypsy having an illness or 12, right? Including muscular dystrophy, leukemia. Over a period of time during this press conference, or like over this period of time of them doing schemes and frauds, Gypsy had several different birth dates listed, so they didn't even know really how old she was. Gypsy gets charged in a hearing on murder in the first degree initially, and that that uh, prosecution had found several texts between Gypsy and Nicholas, basically confirming all of the planning that had gone on to get to Dee Dee being murdered. Gypsy and Nicholas met online. They began a relationship very quickly. In these texts, they extensively talk about the murder plan with texts from Gypsy being like, oh, shit's gonna go down tonight. And Nicholas is responding, babe, it's my evil side doing it. He won't mess it up because he enjoys killing. And Gypsy responding like, we'll be happy soon in response to that. So then we get to LaForche Parish. This is Gypsy's hometown. Her dad, Rod, he's tooling around in a Bob Dylan t-shirt, just like on the river. Like you do, I guess. Rod says that he cannot wrap his mind around wanting to kill your mother. And he even had a conversation with his mom about it. Called her on the phone and was like, I've been very mad at you, but never, ever so mad at you that I wanted to kill you. You would have had to do some pretty bad stuff to me for it to get to that point. And then we get to Gypsy Rose's uh, Matthew, her attorney. He says, yeah, you could easily just blame Gypsy Rose for this until you start peeling back the layers and seeing that all of this started way before Gypsy was even born, right? Her father, Rod, says that from the time Gypsy was three months old, Dee Dee started telling him that she had sleep apnea, needed a CPAP breathing machine, and says, to this day, I don't know if that was real or not, but it basically, things started escalating from there. From Dee Dee telling him that Gypsy had problems with her eyes, her hearing, her digestive system, a muscular disorder that would require her needing a wheelchair. And when he's asking, like, what's going on? Dee Dee would just tell him, oh, well, Gypsy got diagnosed with a chromosome disorder. And that chromosome disorder prevents her from developing different parts of her, either like mentally or physically, her organs. They don't develop correctly. And so 
Gypsy didn't really have much time. Like, the best they could hope she would make it to 17 or 18, but that's it. But then Rod says in an interview, and I'm seeing her now at 23, perfectly healthy. It pisses me off. Rod is now remarried. Uh, we see his wife in this. She's very much supportive and, like, frustrated. Rod's wife definitely is, like, our our surrogate. She's the one who's, like, watching all of this from the outside and being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how did we get here? What the hell? And I I appreciate her for that. So basically, even Gypsy had no idea how old she was. This was the levels of deception that Dee Dee went to. Her father says that he called her on her 18th birthday. He can remember calling wanting to wish Gypsy a happy 18th birthday. Dee Dee gets on the phone and tells him, don't mention how old she is. Just don't say anything about her being 18. And he's like, why? And he bas- she basically says... It tries to explain it away like, well, we don't want to upset her. And that she developmentally was about five years behind where she should be. So it just wasn't like worth it to kind of bring that up. Dee Dee took great effort to make Gypsy appear younger than when she was, infantilizing her both physically and like her, her voice is like very sweet you can hear her very high-pitched very childlike shaving her hair barely having any teeth like just not not great putting her in these old disney princess gowns and just carting her in her wheelchair and making her sing old diana ross songs to people to get another five thousand dollar check or another trip to disney world just Whatever Dee Dee could get her grubby little hands on. Just like weird, wild stuff. Rob had been given the impression that, like I said, Gypsy was like five years behind mentally. We see Rod and his wife going through pictures and trying to piece together. Okay, here's the picture that we took where Dee Dee's eight, or excuse me, Gypsy's eight years old. Did she have the feeding tube then? Yeah, I do think she did. Oh, here is when she started using the wheelchair full-time. Just, like, wild stuff. Here's a picture of the, of Gypsy with a, um, with a cartoon character where she looks straight up, like, 10 or 11, but they say she's actually 21 or 22 at the time. She does not look it at all. It's wild. It seems like I would have wanted more information as to Rod's level of participation it seems like he saw her I don't want to say frequently but like he definitely seems to have seen her and had contact with uh, Gypsy over the years they were a lot of pictures but like what exactly went on what when you guys were living in Louisiana how often did you see her that's something that I really would have liked to know and at that point, we get to see Gypsy actually in real time at that time, like in 2017, sit down. She is fully imprisoned. She's Her wrists and ankles are shackled. She's in a black and white striped jumpsuit. And she says that this is really the first time she's ever been honest with anybody 
in her life about her life with the exception of her attorneys. So they said, how would you describe your mom, Dee Dee? And Gypsy says, uh, unique. I used to think that maybe she was a little overprotective. So I, I guess if I had to give one word, the word would be overprotective. And then Gypsy says that she didn't even really know that she was being abused because that was all she knew. If that's your whole life, you don't ever really know the difference. She knew her life was different from the other kids, but everybody just thought that, like, they acted like she was the sweetest mother-daughter duo this side of the Gilmore Girls. And so they, she was just like, okay, well, this is normal. So then a producer asks her, which illnesses did your mom say that you have? And this really made me, like, queasy. She goes down the list. Asthma, epilepsy, hearing impairment, vision impairment. The feeding tube is what really gets me. Um, she told her that she was paralyzed from the waist down. That she um, was developmentally delayed. And just had a bunch of other things. Like, she couldn't even remember them. So they show a sheet that clearly Dee Dee had written with all of Gypsy Rose's diagnoses. Now, like, 95% of them were spelled incorrectly, which feels important. Like, I'm not just being shady. It just feels like, had somebody seen that list and saw that most of those words were not spelled correctly, personally, I just feel like if you are dealing with somebody's medical care, typically you would know how to spell at least, like, anemia, or like asthma, or allergies, you know, like none of them. She couldn't get any of them. But on that list were epilepsy, vision impairment, hearing impairment, um, gastrointestinal reflux, quadriplegia, which isn't that both of your limbs? Girl, muscular dystrophy, anemia, hyperventilation, Meaning or hypoventilation, actually, meaning she needed a CPAP since she was age 10, asthma, allergies, um, developmental delays, leukemia, incontinence, lung disease, heart disease. They show the closet, the medical closet with the shelves and shelves of Gypsy's medications for seizures to help her go to the restroom, pain medicine anxiety medication like floor to ceiling just bottles pills potions liquids all sorts of stuff just like a pharmacy like I don't even know if small town pharmacies would even have this much they would probably have to call it in from a bigger pharmacy in town like it's incredible the amount of stuff she was able to get Gypsy says she hated two things the most. The breathing machine, which she said she would have to use at night and it was like her breathing would be worse, not better. And the feeding tubes. She would basically be comatose, like just out of it all day, not knowing what her mom was putting in her feeding tube because she could put medication and food in there. So she didn't know what the heck was going on. According to medical records, Dee Dee brought Gypsy to local hospitals over 100 times between 2005 and 2014. So we're like nine, nine years, give or take, like 11 times a year. Wild. Gypsy says that in terms of going to the hospital, there was a plan, a, a strategy, if you will. 
that they would infantilize the hell out of Gypsy. Dee Dee would give her a stuffed animal or a Barbie doll and just tell her, shut up, girl. Don't say anything to the doctor. Just sit there and play with your Barbie doll. Don't speak. And remember, your legs don't work, so try not to move them. And I'm just going to do all the talking, okay? Gypsy had multiple surgeries for things that she did not need. Gastrointestinal uh, situations. The removal of her salivary glands. What? Gypsy says that she didn't really know too much of her mom's plan outside of just like don't walk or pretend not to walk. She was in the dark about all the ailments she had, just like everybody else was. Like, she was told, oh, the reason why we have to shave your head is because you have cancer and you're going to lose your hair anyway. It's just easier that way. And she was just running on blind faith that her mom knew best. And in a sick way, it kind of does seem true. Not in the way that Gypsy meant it, but like, her mom made Gypsy have several operations that actually induced the symptoms that she convinced the doctors that Gypsy had in the first place. So maybe she was like, you know, I I mean, I don't know specifics, but like convincing the doctors that she's got something that actually causes the thing that she would then, that she was saying in the first place. I mean, it's like dizzying. It's like, just like crazy making how she was able to get away with this. Obviously, Gypsy suffered from a very clear-cut case of Munchausen by proxy, which is when a caregiver or, like, a parent fakes or induces illness on their children. And the goal of that is attention, basically. Some sort of emotional gratification that they can't feel like they can get otherwise through, like, normal means. They take it out on their child. Just straight-up abuse. Gypsy would have to have her feeding tube changed every six months. They would not put her under any anesthesia. They would just take her to the ER, rip it out, change it out, and that's it. And that would just be very painful for her. Horrific stuff. Like, imagine how much time. At one point when she's in the courtroom, the judge asks her what her level of education is. And she says second grade. She's 24 at this time that she's talking to the judge. Like, imagine all the time... Dee Dee could have spent minding her fucking business and sending Gypsy to school and you could just watch soap operas and eat frozen dinners during the middle of the day like a normal human being and not ruin your daughter's life with these painful operations Mind you, like, and even, like, on top of that, imagine the lack of humanity of making your child go through all this horrific stuff, traumatizing stuff that they don't even have to go through. Painful. And then you're making their lives significantly worse. You sick bitch. At this point in the documentary, Rod and his wife go to the lawyer's office to go over some of Gypsy's medical history. They have a stack. This lawyer, Matt, has a stack, like, like... The only imagery that conjures to mind, you'll have to excuse me, is Sexy Red. You know, Sexy Red just, like, carries that big band of dollars with her. That's how thick that stack of Gypsy Rose's medical history was. Just papers on papers of stuff. Things that Dee Dee had done with her. Just a dictionary, an encyclopedia of lies that Dee Dee would tell to different doctors in this medical system. It's called Mercy. Um, I actually wonder if 
Dee Dee, I think she would have a case. Now that she's free, I would sue the fuck out of that hospital system for failure to protect this child. Now that I think about it, get, girl, you better do that. If you haven't started the papers, get to filing, bitch. Because I would do it. Like, you just have a whole documentary where people admitted to just negligence on your part. So, girl, do it. Anyway. So they, they're going through these uh, encyclopedia of lies, right? In almost all of the files, the doctors are saying that the medical history is given by the mother. And in one instance, Dee Dee put her hands during a, an appointment over Gypsy's ears to shield her from talking about her developmental delays. Now, does this make any sense to you? I mean, I I don't know much about this, but I just feel like if the child has developmental delays, I don't know. I can't imagine the be. Let me not, because I I feel like I'm not gonna say this right. But I feel like you guys know what I'm saying. Like, why would you need to shield them from that? It just seems like an odd thing to do. It seems like more like you're trying to protect your kid from being from saying. From here, you say some bullshit about them that they know is not true. Weird. So they also noticed, the lawyer also noticed that in those files, Gypsy's family history would depend, like change depend on who Dee Dee was going to. So if they were going to a cardiologist, they'd be like, oh, we have an extensive family history of heart attacks. Or, you know, different specialists, she would tailor it to, to them to get what she needed from those doctors. In one file, I believe a neurologist really caught on to Dee Dee. And he says in his report, in a separate sentence, separate from everything else, bold and underlined, this, the mother is not a good historian. And it was like in the space where you can't miss it. He also made mention that the muscle tone in Gypsy's legs were pretty normal, a little bit diminished, but definitely not what you would expect for somebody who had been wheelchair bound allegedly for nine years. They also play a clip. I don't know why Dee Dee would have recorded this, but she plays a clip of Gypsy. They have a wheelchair ramp that goes out of the house that they got for free, right? Gypsy's on the wheelchair ramp, like on one of the railings on the side of the house. Like imagine yourself sitting on the edge of the bed and you're like, you know, hiking yourself to get up, right? So she's like sitting there talking about, oh, I'm going to jump off because it's snowing. I'm going to jump into this pile of snow. So she pushes herself off and she jumps. She lands on her legs and then remembers like, oh, I have to, this couldn't be possible, right? And so she, like, gets her, you know, like, cleans it up a bit. And then you see her trying to, like, go back to her wheelchair, which is on the top of the ramp. She's now at the bottom. And she's now just moving her legs as if they don't move. Now, that would be about 75 questions for me right there. Why would you tell a person who had no uh mobility of their legs to jump off something and into the snow because we know your ass Dee Dee, was not going to help her up and not going to be taking her back to the wheelchair at the very top of that ramp okay so what was what was the point of the video who was going to help gypsy get back into the wheelchair just a lot of questions 
Was that supposed to be lighthearted? Because if I saw somebody who was wheelchair bound just jump into snow with nobody to help them get up, I'd be like, what the fuck's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, just a lot of questions. So anyway, let me go further down in this filing that the doctor did. He did his Googles and was like, hey, girlies in the network, previous providers of Gypsy Rose, can you tell me any tea? And he says that he spoke to one person who said there was no evidence of Gypsy Rose having muscular dystrophy and also that they suspected that she might be a victim of Munchausen's by proxy. So the doctor then says that, yeah, of course, your natural question would be, why wouldn't you report this? And he says, well, we do report sometimes. I believe he said sometimes. We do report sometimes in instances of neglect, but what was happening with Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee wasn't neglect. It was actually like over treatment of care. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Which feels like, okay, well, y'all, if you guys can have a distinction, a, a condition, two really, called Munchausen and Munchausen by proxy, that that should also be considered in terms of uh, cases of neglect. There should be a a clause for that. But they're saying, okay, she wasn't technically neglected. She's really around her a lot, so that doesn't technically count. So basically, the other part of that, he claims is that there was so much support in the network with Gypsy and Dee Dee that he felt like had he spoken up, they would have just been like, pish posh, sir, we reject this. So all he could do was just file what he saw, but he didn't see the point in trying to continue to convince people that he was right. He literally said that. I didn't see the point. Her life? Just, no? You didn't see the point in trying to convince people that maybe there wasn't actually something wrong with her and that there might be something to look at. Wouldn't that be the best case scenario? I mean, not that Munchausen's would be the best case scenario, but people not actually having something wrong with them would be the best case scenario. So you would think that maybe somebody would have wanted to, like, look into that other than you. Like, the person who said that that uh, Gypsy definitely doesn't have muscular dystrophy. Like, could you have not teamed up with them? And that they also suspected that she had Munchausen's. The two of y'all couldn't have done something. Because if I'm hearing it one time, that's enough to prickle my ears up. I can't imagine that Munchausen comes up too much with doctors. You know, so I would think like if somebody had that thought, you would take it quite seriously. But no, this man was like, well, 
My hands were tied. Not really, but I, I, I'm just going to say that they are. Oops, I, I, I wrote it and I put it in the file. So that's it. Dee Dee managed to scam Mercy Hospital System for about eight years. From 2007 to around 2015. So her lawyer figures that maybe Dee Dee got some information that she was being uh, looked at because when he was going through all of her files, he noticed that she would request copies of all of Gypsy's medical records and in that would have included a copy of that doctor's findings. And so maybe she was like, mm, maybe it's time to like ease on down the road here. At this point, we get Rod and Dee Dee's, I'm not even going to call it a love story, but their relationship timeline, right? Rod says they met at a bowling alley, hung out a couple weeks later, started dating. Dee Dee got knocked up. He's, you know, just a country boy, a traditional man. He thinks, well, I got this girl pregnant. We have to get pregnant. I got to do right by her, right? They get married when he's 17. She, Dee Dee, was 24 to his 17. By the time he turns 18, he's waking up in the morning thinking about a lot of things, being like, what am I doing here? They end up breaking up. He's also said that around this time, she just got increasingly weird, getting into like witchcraft, witchy woo-woo stuff, um, had a pet tarantula that he wasn't comfortable with, just like strange stuff. Then we hear from Dee Dee's nephew, who describes Dee Dee as a weird girl, <laughs> almost certainly bipolar, Multiple personalities, maybe almost definitely an evil person, for sure. And then we meet Dee Dee's daddy, Dee Dee's daddy, and his, his, her stepmama. So the producer asks, what was Dee Dee like growing up? And her dad's like, oh, you know, we got along. She was all right. You know, she basically got everything she wanted, except she really wanted to have a dog in the house. And I really put my foot down on that. And well... <laughs> Actually, we ended up with two dogs in the house. Then the stepmom was like, okay, and I'm going to tell the truth, okay? She was a filthy person, okay? If things didn't go her way, she would see to it that you paid, and pay you did. Dee Dee was a true scammer. Open them up credit cards and her male family members' names, which usually I would like salute a bad bitch when they see one, but not in this case, Claudine. Writing bad checks to people, her nephew thinks that maybe she was on America's Most Wanted at one point. That was the rumor. She couldn't be seen in Louisiana at one point in Slidell or the local areas because she would basically would have been arrested on spot for writing bad checks to people. Her nephew says the Dee Dee was poisoning the stepmama with Roundup, that like plant fertilizer. <laughs> she would put in her mom's food, her stepmother's food. Her stepmother ended up in bed for... Nine months. And this daddy who was like, oh, you know, Dee Dee was all right. He was like, yeah, I, th I thought I almost lost my, my wife. She was she wouldn't couldn't leave the bed for nine months. But you just said she was all right. At some point, we got to get some perspective, sir. I know this is difficult, but come on. Come on. They all say that Dee Dee got this from her mama. Her mom was Emma. She would shoplift. She would be in and out of uh, court for stuff. She would go to the washateria and steal people's clothes just straight out the laundromat. Stole from Dee Dee's father-in-law before they got married. Three to four thousand dollars. Wild stuff. Dee Dee's mom, Emma, passed away. And it seems like it was very 
uh, odd circumstances that towards the end of Emma's life, Dee Dee would just not feed her. And they all kind of brushed this off as like, well, Dee Dee was up to a lot of stuff. And she got away with a lot of stuff, including starving a woman towards the end of her life. Not sure if it even needed to be the end of her life, but she ended up dying anyway. That's weird. Anyway, maybe she killed her mom. Maybe she didn't. It just seems like they were like, well, nothing we could do about it now. No point in asking questions. So then they ask all her family members, was it weird when you found out that Dee Dee died? And her stepmother says, honestly, I couldn't believe it. It kind of took a few days for it to sink in because I thought she was just lying. I thought it was just one of her tricks. And then her nephew says, well, when I found out, I was like, oh, who'd she piss off now? Who who did she piss off? Was it Gypsy? And then they found out Dee Dee's dead, but Gypsy's fine and for alive and they're like oh well it was definitely her she got the bitch that's what he said she got the bitch and she got what she deserved they flat out ask do you think that Dee Dee got what she deserved and they're like yeah absolutely it was her dad and her stepmom mm-hmm, absolutely with no hesitation then they said that when Gypsy or when Dee Dee died Gypsy had her um cremated Obviously, Gypsy was in prison, so she's calling the family, being like, hey, do you, any of you guys want these ashes? So the dad is asking the siblings, what should I do? Because he couldn't afford to put her in a, you know, do like the proper burial or, or put her in a wherever. They're all like, just flush her. Just flush her down the toilet. That's what her sister Darla said. We don't want her. Bad rubbish. Just flush her down the toilet. Now, they didn't say that they did. But it was giving. It was it was giving. I think Dee Dee may have gone down in an American standard. Just saying. Then we get to Gypsy's love of Disney princesses, which kind of seems like a lot of things were like forced upon her, and she just had to lean into it and see the the analogies and the, and the mirroring that was going on in her life. So Gypsy says her favorite Disney princess was Rapunzel. Trapped up in her castle. The villain in Rapunzel's life was uh, Mother Gothel or whatever her name is. Rapunzel ends up getting some courage, standing up for herself and not wanting to be trapped in that castle. Pushes Mother out of the window at the end in an act of defiance. So basically, to be fair to Gypsy, she does say, I know that life is not a fairy tale, but I did have to learn that the hard way. So then, basically, Gypsy's, Dee Dee had, like, her ways of making Gypsy seem smaller, controlling her in front of other people so that things didn't seem weird or Gypsy didn't say anything that she wasn't supposed to say. So they would always be holding hands in public. Just always holding hands all the time during their public speeches, any sort of event that they would go to. Dee Dee's always holding Gypsy's hand. She also kind of had friends, but not really. Dee Dee would not allow Gypsy to have private conversations with anybody. She was always there monitoring the situation. And they basically, Gypsy says, if we were on a group of people 
and I said something that I wasn't supposed to say, the reason why my mom would hold my hand is because she would squeeze it. And I knew at that point that I needed to zip it. Clearly, Gypsy was also physically abused by Dee Dee. There would be a slap system based on, you know, how bad things Gypsy did. She would get the accompanying number of slaps. Open palm slaps, things of that nature. Gypsy did try to run away. One time, she meets a kid at uh, this Vision Con, which is a sci-fi convention, Ends up finding a child, well, not a child, another boy, gives him just kind of vague information as to what the hell's going on with her family life. And he tells her, pack your stuff up, you can move to Arkansas and move in with me. So she sneaks out, hitchhikes to Arkansas, but within four hours of her getting to Arkansas, to that guy's house, Dee Dee finds her, calls the cops, threatens to like, you know, threatens the guy. And that was it. Gypsy had to go home. And when she gets home, Dee Dee smashes her computer and tells her, you do that again, the next thing that gets smashed are going to be your hands. So she's stuck. Now, I remember this from the Hulu series. So this is, you know, fiction, a fictionalized version of this. But there's a lot of... Gypsy having freedom at night after Dee Dee's gone to bed. And I believe it was highly suggested that Dee Dee may have been, you know, off some pills herself, took a couple perks and would pass out. And maybe that would give Gypsy like a few hours to talk to people online and, and get out of her head a little bit. As punishment for trying to leave, Dee Dee handcuffs gypsy to the bed with like a dog leash or a dog collar for two weeks gypsy didn't want to report that because her mom is telling her oh you have developmental delays and she figures if i do that they're just gonna think that like i'm not telling the truth they're not gonna believe me so there's no point there were also times where there were anonymous phone calls made to the police in order to check up on gypsy but Dee Dee was able to finesse her way out of it her father, Rod, was told by one of um, Dee Dee's sisters, um, Gypsy can actually walk. But when he tries to ask Dee Dee about that, she's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, she can walk sometimes, but she's got the muscular dystrophy. It's like a progressively worse thing. Eventually, she's going to be fully wheelchair bound. But then Dee Dee would just move further and further away from Rod. And, you know, that would make things more difficult. Nobody could really check what was going on. Rod has other children, by the way. And um, Gypsy's sister is on TikTok helping her um, transition into the real world and hopefully get her some Taylor Swift tickets. It seems like she wants to go. Is the Eras tour, tour still happening? Maybe, maybe she can catch the second leg. I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you one thing. As the person who is about as far as a Swifty as I could possibly get... I would maybe make a picture of Gypsy Rose and Taylor Swift my background. Just just for the vibes. Just for like a, a week. You know? Something to think about. At this point, Gypsy has now tried to escape. Did not work. She's trapped. And she's angry with the world. She ends up getting access to another computer. And joins a Christian dating website. And that's where she meets her boyfriend, Nicholas. 
Nicholas talks about this time in their in, in his interrogation, saying that they clicked immediately when they met online. Within four days, they're officially boyfriend girlfriend. Most of their relationship is online, so it was just like pictures, that sort of thing, updating your Facebook status, and you know, sweet nothings to each other, right? Obviously, Gypsy is incredibly sheltered. And looking at this, like all the other fairy, like all she has is an example of love are these fairy tales, right? This is her Prince Charming now. She thinks he's incredible. But in interviews with Nicholas's family, they're explaining that Nicholas has diagnosed Asperger's autism. He often kept to himself. He was like a little bit paranoid. His stepdad would say, they would try to get him to like go out and mingle and socialize with people. And he's like, everybody's just going to backstab me. So what's the point? And they didn't really know how to connect with him. Gypsy says at the beginning of their relationships, it was basically just like two kids in love, right? Oh my gosh, we're going to get married, making plans. We're going to have kids. But she says things got weird real quickly. Nicholas was into BDSM. He introduced her to the concept. She had no idea what it was. So she's looking up and is like, eh, I'm not into this. But Nicholas ends up talking her into it. So she starts kind of obliging him. But she's still not not feeling it. At some point, quickly into the relationship, she gets a message from Nicholas's ex-girlfriend who warns Gypsy, yo, this is a bad guy. He thinks he's a vampire for whatever reason. He's really into like dominant, submissive play. But Gypsy's just like, oh, this is just a jealous ex-girlfriend. She's a hater. Like, whatever. I'm going to move on. But then what we don't know or what we find out is that in 2013, Nicholas had an incident at the McDonald's where he had spent nine hours watching porn and fondling himself. And then when they approached him about it, he, I guess, pulled out a knife on the employees. And so he got arrested for that. So not great. Not great. Nicholas also claimed to have multiple personalities. He told this to uh, Gypsy and Gypsy tried her best to oblige him by, he told her that, my personalities also want girlfriends, not just Nicholas. All the, all the boys want him. And so she would try to oblige him by creating multiple personalities that were in line with Nicholas's multiple personalities so that they would also have a girlfriend. Now, what's interesting, and I don't mean to like poke holes in the situation. I'm just wondering, I would have liked to have gotten more information. Now, I know we see Gypsy with all these um, Disney children's costumes, the bell, not Jasmine, you know, Cinderella and the like, but this chick had a wig for every personality. We're talking Ruby, Ruby, who was the bad girl. She had the black and red kind of Harley Quinn wig. Um, we had one who was like very coquettish, um, Candy, I think, was, like, the naughty girl, and she had, like, a rainbow-colored wig. I just wondered, like, how does she get that many shake and goes? She was taking pictures of herself in a, a pink string bikini. How does she get that? I just am curious. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Because we saw all the pictures. Like, how does she get all those wigs? Anyway, about a year into her relationship with Nicholas, Gypsy tells him the truth about what is going on and how Dee Dee's treating her. And she says that their conversation didn't really start off as like a murder plan. It was more Nicholas laying the foundation of, I'm going to protect you from anybody. And she's like, well, anybody? Because I got somebody for you. And then it kind of escalated from there. So they made plans to meet for the first time at a movie theater. Because Gypsy and Dee Dee had planned on seeing the live action Cinderella. So she's like, okay, I'll get you a ticket. We can just act like this is our little meet cute. Like you just happened to meet me here. Single, singular man going to see live action Cinderella in the middle of the day. That's not weird. It's not going to be a red flag to anybody. And so this is my other question. How did they manage to have enough time to go to the little boy's room and how did that happen? What was Dee Dee doing at that point? She said that they got back by the time, like, and they just like sat there and watched the movie like it was nothing. But Dee Dee, where did you think they went? <laughs> what were you waiting for? That We're not going to get the answers to that. Dee Dee did not like Nick. We'll just say that. She thought he was creepy and Jeep Gypsy does say, yeah, I see it now how the optics of like this boy and he was literally the only other person in the movie theater. It was just us three and he didn't have like a child with him or another woman. It was an odd choice. It does look creepy. I could see why my mom would have thought that. But there was no other option for them to run into each other, right? So now it's like a really bad situation because... They're hoping that this was going to be like, oh, Gypsy just met a nice boy at the movie theater and they're going to be little friends now. But Dee Dee thinks he's fucking weird. She officially doesn't approve of Nicholas. So now they're like, well, we're desperate. They decide to move into what they call plan B, which is getting rid of Dee Dee. Gypsy messages Nicholas. She tells him, I got managed to scrape up enough money to get you a Greyhound ticket to come to Missouri and she gives him the plan. I left the gloves outside. Make sure to be careful with the door because it's kind of squeaky. So be gentle. When, when you get in, I'm going to hand you the knife. I'm going to hand you the duct tape. Do what you got to do. We're going to bounce. Gypsy says that that night with Dee Dee was... You could tell it makes her feel really bad because it was kind of nice how they had been fighting in the previous days. But they had kind of made up. They were painting each other's nails in the living room. And before Dee Dee went to bed, she said, oh, you know, like, I'm feeling more comfortable with you now. Like, oh, you know, just don't hurt me. Basically, it said the last words my mom said to me were, don't hurt me. 
So Gypsy says that once Nicholas got there, she just went to the bathroom. She gave him his supplies and went to the bathroom, tried to cover her ears to not hear. But she did hear things. She definitely said, I heard noises that I'm not sure. I heard my mom screaming. I heard her asking for help. But I don't know what happened. There are varying stories on whether or not what happened. I mean, it's like a he said, she said. Nicholas says that after he murdered Dee Dee that they had consensual sex. Gypsy tells a very different story that... Nichols kind of had it in his mind that he was going to sexually assault Dee Dee after he killed her. But in order to keep that from happening, Gypsy offered herself up instead. But then there were some non-consensual acts that happened after that. So she considers that rape. So then they have to make moves, right? They got to go. Their plan is to go back to... Uh, Wisconsin to where Nicholas lives to move in with his family before starting their own family. They like, they fully think that this is going to be a perfect crime. They're going to take a little Greyhound bus back to Wisconsin and nobody's going to be any the wiser. Gypsy says that at this point, like they're staying in hotel rooms or videoing themselves. Like this is like two kids on a honeymoon, not on the run for murdering people and gypsy says that it's this time i wasn't even thinking about the fact like what was going on with my mom i was free i was like a blue bird that had left the cage this was great for me i was set free in terms of the family nicholas's family approving of gypsy they clearly had not met her but they did agree to her moving into the house but Nicholas had told them, or they were under the impression that G- Dee Dee had kicked Gypsy out and that Gypsy was just in a homeless shelter somewhere and that they were helping her out. So other than her like pulling up with a shake and go wig, they were like, mm, we didn't really think anything was weird. Their mom does ask, how is your mom doing? And she said that their reaction was just like, oh, you know, like easy breezy, no big deal. So in addition to their plans of moving to Milwaukee and starting a family, Nicholas had also taken the knife, the murder weapon, and mailed it back to himself, back to Wisconsin, as well as about four to five grand that they had stolen from Dee Dee in cash. This does bring us to the point where they kind of talk about the ethics of Gypsy's responsibility and whether or not she's an honest person or things like that, because she did say during her interrogation that she didn't know about any plan to kill Dee Dee, even though we very obviously know that she did and that she had no involvement whatsoever. And then when she gets to the courtroom and they realize, Oh, we've got all your messages pulled up. She's like, "Uh Oh, you got all my receipts to me. (laughs) I, I don't know. I guess I just feel like, what do we expect? Like, if I'm, if the average person is going to kill somebody and you think you're going to get away with it, do you then expect them when you ask them, hey, did you kill somebody? Especially when you literally, like, literally didn't. Would you say, yeah, I did. Like, I would not expect you to tell the truth. In that moment. That would just not be my expectation. So I guess I'm just like. Not to make her not responsible. 
I guess I just, people seemed surprised that she wasn't being forthcoming in this interrogation. And I'm like, well, why? Like, she left. You know what I mean? Like, what do we expect? So, in terms of, like, the larger picture of, like, did she... Do we feel like she is a bad person? Personally, I do not. I feel like this is a a severely abused person. And what happens when you scare an animal and you put them and you're just like poking at them in a cage and, and they're backed up against the corner for 20 plus years, at some point they're going to attack and it's not going to be pretty. And, you know, does, do people deserve to be murdered? Probably not. Do I feel bad for Dee Dee? No. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I just have a hard time. Like, maybe y'all can f- cancel me or whatever. But I just feel like she had no issue ruining somebody's life. And more than likely, Gypsy would probably be dead right now. If, if Dee Dee had continued on. So if she had to, in order to ensure that her life would continue, that somebody else had to get taken out, I can't really blame her. Like, I just can't imagine the horrific abuse that she had to endure day after day for literal decades. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, what do you want me to say? I'll help you flush. And it's like, Okay, she gets to go to Disney World a couple of times, but you're just sitting there eating mashed potatoes. You don't even get to have like a a damn butter 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 beer or a Dole Whip. So what's the point? Like that's not fun. She probably didn't even get to ride on the on the cool rides. That shit's whack. And I gotta sit here and pretend like I'm ten. I got my whole period for years now. Like, give it up, girl. Let me live. You know what I mean? Sick. Anyway. Um, so producer does ask Gypsy if she's happy. Are you happy that your mom's no longer around to abuse you? Which does feel like an unfair way to ask that question. But you know what? Gypsy says, yeah, I am. I am. I'm not happy that she's dead. And I know it feels weird to say that, but like, listen... I understand that despite the fact that I did plan and set into motion the fact that she would not be alive, I also didn't want that to happen. And I fully understood what she's saying. And then Gypsy also makes mention something that we do need to put into context. She says, this is not an excuse. But at the time, I felt no emotion. Like, I was on a lot of drugs. I was on Xanax. I felt no emotion. I was not thinking correctly. Which I actually think is incredibly fair. It's something that I would not have necessarily thought about had she not said it. In terms of the family, there also seems to be a general consensus that they feel like Gypsy should be free. And she's been through enough. It is what it is at this point. Like, let her go. So in 2015, Gypsy did get... They moved down her sentence or whatever, like downgraded from murder to second degree murder, which she does plead guilty to. And she received a 10 year sentence with having to serve 85% of that sentence before she was able to go up for a parole. So they asked Gypsy, do you feel like 10 years in jail is better than 10 years with your mother? And she says, yeah, 
I feel like I'm newly born. This is like my new life. The documentary ends with Gypsy able to meet her dad and stepmom. They're in the courtroom after her sentencing and they're just kind of breaking everything down and talking about things. And Gypsy says, I'm actually really grateful for that 10 year sentence because I was looking at 30 and there was a point where I was feeling really low and thinking had I got convicted with 30 years, I probably just would have ended my life because I wouldn't have had one. And I totally understand what she's saying. Like, uh, there never would have been an opportunity for me to have a real life. So just forget it, you know? Then Rod apologizes to gypsies that if I did anything, I'm really sorry. And she says, don't, don't, like, don't apologize. I think my mom was very good at what she did. I really, truly do not blame you for any of it. And then she does get, like, emotional. They hug. She's like, I, you know, like, I really don't want to go to jail. <laughs> but, you know, here we are, 2013, almost 2014, and your girl's out. And we're so happy for you. Don't be weird, guys. Don't be, don't be too weird, okay? <laughs> we can't have her on every reality TV show. We, we, let's just, let's just give her a break. Just give her a break. We can't have her on Call Her Daddy. You know, like, let's just give her, like, a year. And then when she wants to talk to us, she can, she can talk to us. But until then, girl, I saw she was down to the DSW getting her a new pair of shoes with her man in the, their pearl-colored Cadillac. And I thought, amen, girl. Amen. And I hope you have a happy life. If you guys want to know what is going on with Nicholas, he did get a life sentence. Um, and in August of 2022, he did try to get his previous conviction struck down on the grounds that he had ineffective counsel. But in March of this year, they did deny that motion to vacate. So unfortunately it looks like Nicholas is, you know, he's going to be gone for a good, a good while, but that's, that's it. You guys, I, you know. I'm happy for, I'm happy for our girl. Diva's up. Diva's up. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.